Good evening, everybody. Welcome once again to another episode of Cousins for Christ, where we're just three cousins who like to get together and talk about Christ. Joined by my two cousins, Jeremy Hall. Hello. Chris Mash. Uh-oh, last names. I'm Jeff Hall. <laughs> anyway, good to be with you guys. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in and listening to us this evening. We're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit tonight. This ought to be a fun topic to discuss. We're going to try to define what the Holy Spirit is. Uh, how do we obtain it? Uh, how does it dwell in us? Uh, some good questions we're going to try to, to talk about. And we're guys, gonna, go ahead. We're going to leave a lot on the table. There's no way we can yeah, ever hit all this. And there's a lot to talk about. This could be yeah. multiple parts, but <laughs> yeah. we've picked a few questions to, yeah. to jump into it. I don't uh, just run at the top. I, I'm, I'm not. I don't think I have any expertise necessarily in uh, this, but it's interesting. I think Holy Spirit. Holy Ghost, we these are terms that we've, you know, been hearing since we've been in the church. Oh, yeah. We probably hear them every Sunday. But yet I still think there's a lot of confusion, perhaps, in a lot of people's minds as to exactly what is the Holy Spirit. Anybody want to take that? The Holy Spirit is God. It's the, you know, it's not the Father God, it's not the Son God, but it is the Spirit God. Spirit God, it's, yes. You know, it kind of, the Holy Spirit is God. He is not some... A reality less than God or other than God as our Father and Son. The Holy Spirit is also fully God. He has the attributes of deity such as eternity, infinity, and omnipotence. The Holy Spirit is the one God. There is none other. So he is God in three. Do you think a lot of people treat them completely separately? What? I mean, just the Holy Spirit in, in general, that it is not part of God. Or do you think people have a hard time grasping that all three are part of God? I think they do. Um, I've heard God is actually a triunity right. mm-hmm. of being the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Correct. And we're told as much uh, that you know, at the beginning of creation, uh, Jesus was, you know, he is God. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah. I agree with you guys, I guess. Uh, yeah. Our first question being, who is the Holy Spirit? And then you have question two, is the Holy Spirit God? Well, I think the answer yeah. is yes, it is God. It's the divine spirit of God. It's uh, that spiritual nature. Uh, but it's also interesting how oftentimes in the New Testament, we see how the Holy Spirit is referred to as he, mm-hmm. him, Mm-hmm. So it's almost like it's being referred to as a person, but he is a person. It's, it's yeah, okay, but not physically no, personified. No, not like us. Not like no, us no, people. No. He's, it's kind of like father, person. So would you say person. he's a being? Is yeah, that a way? He's, he's, he's a being. Yeah, and, eternity being. Yeah. It's just like Jesus, you know. So one of three divine personifications mm-hmm. of the one and true living God. Yes. Would you agree with that? Oh yes. Yeah. Okay. So I think. I agree with that. I think we've established what it is. I think that's pretty is. clear on the definition of it. I think people just will have a hard time understanding that it's all the same. Yeah, you know well, what I mean? It's all part of the of the whole. I got in Acts 5, 4, you know, where they sold their house and they kept some of the money back. Oh, yeah. The story. So, so Acts 5, 4, while it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Why is it that... You have contrived this deed in your heart. You have not lied to man, but to God. So Holy Spirit's the one struck them dead. Yeah. And so they had lied. Right here, it's talking about God being the Holy Spirit version of it. 
Right, right. No, it, yeah. it's all it's all part of the same, right? and I think people just want to mm-hmm. separate them out or, or have a hard time grasping it. Um, I know I did when I first started uh, being a Christian. It was it was a little bit confusing at that part, but it, it's. I think we overcomplicate it. Okay, so I guess to uh, to wrap that up, up. So the Holy Spirit, it's it's just one part of God. Yes. Yeah. The spiritual part. Yep. Let's jump ahead to another question because I think it kind of goes hand in hand with what we've just talked about here. We know what the Holy Spirit is. We agree that it's God. And our next question is when, how, do we receive the Holy Spirit? Well, I mean, Chris, uh, we talked about this earlier. Acts, uh, Acts two. Verse 38, Peter replied, uh, Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Let me ask you this question. Uh, you just read from Acts. Um, back then, uh, I think the apostles were, were trying very hard, and to teach the Jews that we were no longer under the law of Moses, right? Right. That uh, Jesus Christ came and through his death that we all have the remission of sins. We no longer have to build burnt offerings and offer Right, that this was the lambs. promise that the Old Testament What had been prophesied, right. for sure. Um, so when you read, read in that verse, who is the Holy Spirit available to, Chris? Is it just the Jews? No, it's available to anybody who believes. Anybody so, who chooses to, to believe that Jesus is the Son of God and is God and is a, is a believer to the new law. Do you think that, Jeremy? What do you feel about that? Um, I believe it because right here on Acts 10, 44 through 48, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came upon all who heard the message. All. Mm-hmm. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even to the Gentiles. Okay. For they had heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized, baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. So you mentioned that the, uh, the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit, is available to all. So I think we've kind of touched on who... Who can access this great gift? And I think it's everybody. Anybody but believes. Chris mentioned a caveat, and you also did too in your verse. What has to happen, though, to be able to partake of the Holy Spirit? Well, next 10, belief. Belief? belief. Well, certainly and that's important. 2 and 38, repent and be baptized. He's very clear yeah. in that one. Is that part of obedience to his word? Yes. Because even we were talking earlier, or this is something that I knew or didn't even think about, was that when Jesus was baptized... He also received the Holy Spirit. Yes. And it came upon him as well. Yeah. So. Do you ask uh, when and how do we receive the Holy Spirit? Well, I think it's, we have to, what are the, uh, do you guys remember the, uh, well, I mean, the even, six steps to be, becoming a Christian? You got to first uh, hear the word, repent, believe, be baptized. Well, even um, he mentioned, he had said something, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, just listen to what you had read about, but even in that, in that group of verses, baptism was part of it. 
right? He mentioned yeah. he did state belief in the first, yes. which is the step one, which I think you're alluding to. I'm just to. It's like throwing, I'm kind of lumping this all it's in always the, the It's always the same, well, you know, this is the message we hear after every one of our sermons is the six steps. Well, my whole point was uh, eliminating the cliffhanger. Uh, <laughs> when and how, guys, it's just, you have to obey and believe the gospel. You got to yeah. read the word of God and believe it and obey and do the things that it tells us. And you're in. Right? Yeah, there's no, it's black and white on that. You were and when does it happen? It happens the very second that you that you you call upon the name of the Lord. The reason to baptize, baptize, I never say that word correctly, I apologize. It's, it's, it's brought a tough up, one. I it's it. brought up here because some of the Jewish sect would not think Gentiles deserve to be baptized. But after they've seen them perform the miracles given to the apostles and to other believers of speaking in tongues and prophesizing, it's like, look, even they should be baptized. Because they, they, they're basically saying they were scared that the other Jews, the sect of Jews, sect of Jews would stop them from being baptized into Christ. And so it says here, that's why it poured out into them. It says, but they even heard them speaking tongues and praising God, right? So it says they cannot have any objections to them being baptized. So they believed, and then it came on, and then they was going to get baptized for that fact. Because apparently there was a Jewish sect that didn't believe Gentiles should be baptized into Christ. Good points. Yeah. That's why it points out that they got it first there. Okay. Uh, now, these are just kind of falling in place here. Yeah. Yeah. So the Holy Spirit, we, we understand how, when, how we get it, right? Here's a good question. How exactly does the Holy Spirit dwell within us? Who wants to start? <clears throat> How does it dwell in us? Is it is there a spirit, Jeremy, that actually I don't think takes it's... up residence inside of our bodies? It's yeah. the Holy Spirit's laying there, or if some might believe the Holy Spirit dwells in us through the Word of God. It's through His Word that we receive the Holy Spirit and that we know how to conduct The only ourselves. thing I'll say is it's not a possession because we're still given free will. I believe if we're it was possessed, it would control us. But this isn't a control. It's every verse or, or a lot of the verses that we read about, it, it's here to help us. It's a it's the comforter well, that we, Jesus promised. Yeah, well, I think it dwells in us. I mean, it's not like a possession, yeah. like you say. But if you go yeah. here to Romans 8, 9, you, who, however, are not in the flesh but in the Spirit, if, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. And then it kind of goes to the point where Galatians 5, 23, where it talks about having the fruits of the Spirit, you know, is kind of, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Kind of, that's kind of what the Holy Spirit is there for to kind of guide us. And you ever done something wrong and immediately you get this, you know, conviction like, oh, shouldn't have done that. If <laughs> that we have the Holy Spirit right. dwelling in us, Jeremy, Spirit. if the Holy Spirit, which is divine, mm -hmm. which is God himself, mm -hmm. if he's actually physically dwelling in us, mm -hmm. how could we ever sin? How could we ever do wrong? Because we still got free will. We still have free will. It, it, without free will, we're just robots. And, and okay, let me God didn't a, want robots to love him because he can just create a being love to love him. He's like, he wants create somebody, free. love me now, worship me. God, it, he wants somebody with their own free will to do it. How many times in the in the Bible does it talk about pure love? If you have to mm -hmm. control or manipulate someone to do something, that's not the yeah. purest form of love. God wants the purest form of love. He chose to love us. Yes, he chooses to love us. Oh yeah. 
So he wants the same in return and gives us the opportunity to do so. So if he, okay. yeah. I keep going, the possession of the Holy Spirit, which is not a thing, then if they controlled us, I'm not going to pat the yeah. table. Let me uh, present a different opinion. And again, I don't necessarily say this is my opinion because uh, I don't claim to be any kind of an expert. Jeremy feels uh, that the Holy Spirit is indeed a spiritual presence that dwells inside of us. Yeah. Correct? Mm-hmm. I'm going to read Galatians chapter 4 and verse 6. Because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. So the the term, I feel it in my heart. You know, you, you've touched me in my heart. Well, we know in general language, that's sort of a... It doesn't mean it's actually physically in our aortic valve in our heart, so to speak. It's sort of a just a phrase that we use, which kind of symbolizes the fact that we feel something subconsciously, and as Christians, we might feel something subconsciously based on the knowledge that we've gained through the Bible and our obedience to it. What say you on that? Well, I mean, that, that would be how we receive the Holy Spirit through the Word of God. So, so you're kind of taking that as a, a physical embodiment. Um, I just have to say there's, all right, so the only thing that I'll counter that with, and again, it's, that's a really good point to have, is John 14, 15 through 17. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, mm-hmm. the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be with you. Mm-hmm. Will be stuff. in you. Be in you. Sorry. You make a good point. Well, I mean, it's just, but that I mean, that's a good that's a good verse for it too, and that's some of the contra. Like, I don't want to say people are like. I'm just telling. There's certain people who are going to tell you there are, and mm-hmm. I've heard it. You've got two. I've heard at times where they said like it, it doesn't, and I think this is a point. If we're not ready to go into this point, but yeah, it I'm, I'm it doesn't lead into necessarily it. dwell in you, or even if it did, it's already passed. I Jeremy's kinda, got a point. I kind of go with First Corinthians twelve three. In the ESV, it states, Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Okay. So I believe, I believe, and, I'm, and I may be totally wrong, but I don't think I am. I think I'm right, but I've never met anybody that had a thought that thought they were wrong. So, <laughs> so here's, here's I the think one, he dwells in you. Here is the one that... Um, that I think that he that he does dwell in you, and and I'll read this one too. That he's an actual like he he's with us constantly because in Ephesians four and thirty, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit, of do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Um, you just heard Ephesians four or thirty, mm-hmm. which means if we grieve the Holy Spirit, that's an action that we can like partake in it doesn't say it at a certain yeah. time it actually like we can do if yeah, i go out and sin tonight mm-hmm. I, I think that's what that means holy spirit like if it's I'm, something that's with me that i okay. actually grieve myself mm-hmm. if i do something wrong i commit yeah. a sin then i think that could we say makes it grieves makes sad the holy spirit yeah. okay well i think so I we think can that. grieve the holy spirit mm-hmm. uh does the holy spirit have to be physically and resonance inside of our bodies to grieve it? Or is this more of a spiritual it's, level? All right, so are we talking... I think you mentioned something that's not physically in our... 
aorta and something, but you know, we always talk about if our, our minds and our heart and our minds, right? If they're right with and when God, we say our heart, Chris, we actually mean our mind, right? Kind of right. Um, I think the Holy Spirit's. I mean, I don't know if you want to call it your moral compass or something like that. I mean, that's yeah. basically Jeremy's shaking his head, yeah. Uh, but that lives with inside us. Okay. To our moral compass is inside us, and that's a really simplified way of explaining. Like, again, I don't it, know. I have just. You know, I've talked to different people about stuff, and and some definitely have the uh, have the opinion that the divine Holy Spirit of God does not reside in us; it resides through His Word. Just keep that in mind. I, I'm not saying that's the well, truth, or it's not. Let me just let me. You're going to get that. Why do you Why do you think that is? If they If there's verses in here that say that it dwells, He's going to be with you forever. Why do you think that they they come come to that conclusion or, or believe that? Not saying it's wrong. I, I like. That's a good point. I, actually, listening to these two arguments, there is, and I've heard I could the, go either I've way. Heard the argument that it was only the Holy Spirit really only came down or was with the apostles during the first time, and after the miracles and all all the stuff, the tongues. Well, I know the happened, Holy Spirit. It, it returned. It, it went away, and it was needed. And and the Holy Spirit is actually the Bible, the Word of God. We no longer have that miraculous yeah. outpouring no, of the Holy no, Spirit. We don't. No, uh, that was for the apostles' time, right? But so we know I, that doesn't happen. No, I still believe, though. Like I said earlier, I believe the Holy Spirit dwells us because, like Chris said, when you when you when you do something wrong, it lets you know you you have a grievance just because you grieve the holy spirit and you know when you do something it hits you automatically how many times have you just thought wow i should i did bad <laughs> yeah every time i, I sin that i know and, i think and you're making a good point but there, there are times okay. that that and and not doesn't mean that just well if this doesn't make me feel bad i'm not grieving the holy spirit mm -hmm. you have to study the bible the more i study the bible the more that i find out i do wrong and then once i find out that i've been doing wrong then I start grieving that. Like, there's so many things in here that I know that I don't. Because you wouldn't I have developed that right without having knew the Word of God and studying it. Correct. And then you know when you've trespassed against the Word of God, and, and that's why you feel bad. Yes, and there's still right? new things that I. I mean, there's things we've talked about on here, like the TV episode or social media, things that before I became I came back to Christ or, or trying to come back to Christ was didn't bother me, but now that I look at them. It it twinges yeah. me. I get that. Should I be watching this? Yeah, it's, I think it's Should the Holy Holy, Holy Spirit. But as I grow as a Christian, more yeah, more okay. compass. And, so. and maybe you get maybe the Holy Spirit is talking to us. We're just not listening. That could be that. <laughs> and that, when we start, <laughs> it was as, as we learn the word, we know what to start looking for. And the more the Holy Spirit talks to us, it's like hey. And I hope that I'm not, but I would be very, like, if we walked out of here tonight and I was convinced that the Holy Spirit's not really with us, I think I'd be kind of devastating. Yeah. I feel like I'd lose some strength in it. And not saying, but I just feel like it gives me comfort to know that my belief yeah. is that it dwells with us. I think the Holy Spirit's still here on earth doing God's work. Okay. You want to move on to another question? Yeah. Sure. What is the fruit of the Holy Spirit? Chris, let's start with you. I think the, I mean, go ahead, Jeremy. You got go ahead. It's, well, I'll read it again. It's yeah. Galatians 5, 22, 23. Yeah. The fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, fruitfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Okay. All the ones that strike me out of that one 
Um, doing good. Doing good. Doing God's word. Peace. Following his uh, word, obeying him. That Would you say those are all fruits? Yeah. I think Jeremy's list from Galatians 5 and, and 22 is not all inclusive. I think no. there's other things. But, but the one that strikes me the most out of there that we've all talked about too as we've grown is is this world's not, we're not necessarily meant to be happy. Um, this not world, necessarily. Not to have great lives, but we have a peace and joy we'll if we there. find, yeah, if we find God. Think like, about, I'm talking about material. Does that not bring like you joy, though, world. to know that this short time yeah. on earth, when that's over, Absolutely. that we get to spend a that's hope the joy of I eternity? That they're talking about. Think about it in your past before you came back to the church of when you would have worries on your mind and how you would pace the floor and it would just be biting at your fingernails just like oh I just I just want to get this to be over but now it's not so much that way because you have Christ fall back on and that's part of it because you bring like you said it brings you that peace because you know no matter what at the end it's going to be okay and it's not the peace of this world and the joy of this world that they're talking about it's that's what I was trying to say and I may have Said it incorrectly, but yeah. it's the joy on this world we're not going to have. No, you said peace. it good. You said it peace good. Peace is so. Yeah. Can we say peace and joy? Yeah. Could we say interchange the word gift for fruit? Yeah. What is the gift of the Holy Spirit? Well, the gifts back in the apostles' times are several different things. Right, but we. What is our ultimate gift of the Holy Spirit, Jeremy? Is we just said it, heaven? Yeah. Yeah. Well, even above heaven is just to be with. God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit in heaven. That's what makes heaven so great it's because they're there. Right. And I'm trying to find um, the verse for it, but uh, the the Holy Spirit, the biggest one of the biggest gifts that I think that it gives for us, it intercedes for us. There is intercession through the Holy it Spirit. It intercedes through the Holy Spirit. How does, how does that intercession occur? Through I believe through prayer and studying the Bible. I believe and through Jesus said. Christ, does it yes. not? That without his intercession, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, we know it's the triunity. Without that intercession, we'd have no chance anyway. So, uh, Chris, anything further on that before I move on? No, no, I think that Jeremy has summed that up pretty good job, guys. Great. Yes. Uh, how can I recognize the guidance of the Holy Spirit within someone, Chris? Within someone. Ooh, yeah, how do I guy. see that? Like, okay, if, say, Jeremy's filled with the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> how is that going to manifest? Well, I mean, I think you'll... Am I like just going to see... If I was going to uh, recognize... If I was going to recognize something like that, you usually recognize... Okay, you just pointed at the same thing, the the fruits of the Holy Spirit that you're listening out. Galatians. We've five. said... But, I mean, if you're that. talking about how do I recognize it in another person... I think is that's... That, is that how I mean, you structured it, the question, Jeremy? Is it, yeah. Isn't that just, like... You can tell when you're around other Christians. You can kind of sense it by the way that they behave, the way that they act, you know, the conversations and things that you have. I think I think with that you can recognize the gift of the Holy Spirit. And we've mentioned this before. <clears throat> if somebody didn't know you, Jeremy, Chris, no one knew you, say you moved to a different city and whatever your new workplace is, whatever it is, people who don't know you, after they've been around you for a little bit, are they going to kind of get that feeling? This is a man of God. This they is a should. Christian. I can see that. Would that, if they did see that, would that kind of be how you could recognize the guidance of the Holy Spirit in your life? Yeah. Yes or no? Yeah, I've, well, I've had people come up to me before, and 
after time of working with them, they didn't really talk to them a lot. They'd ask me what church I'd go to. That's a good sign. I had it. Something <laughs> that you're is, performing like you should be and acting as accordingly as you should be. At work, people know. Just, I mean, they'd simply just say because I didn't cuss or I wasn't foul mouth. Yeah. Okay, let me throw it back at you. We just talked about what the fruits of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to reference Galatians 5 again in verses 22 and 23. So we know what the fruits are. If they see love, joy, peace, forbearance, mm -hmm. kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I think if people see those things in us, we get those from the Holy Spirit. We do. Yeah. So. Now, does it say something that people, and this is just piggybacking off your question, does it say something that people have, would have to figure that out, like about us that we are, instead of us doing the Great Commission? Shouldn't we have to figure it out to be talking? I know that's a that's a complicated, maybe hand complicated hand. subject. There's some places that workplaces that won't you let can. you have No, this. I agree. That's why it was a, a tricky question. I'll tell you but, one I would like to add to this, too, after you're done. No, no, I was just saying that's... It's, is uh, patience. That's forbearance, isn't it? Yeah, okay. Kind of. Maybe, maybe, but patience. Patience. How Absolutely. you? How would somebody? We've all had bosses that yell and scream at us. It's a yeah. sign of patience. And then is we how turn we respond. On paycheck. Yeah, and how we respond to a rude person. We talked you know, about that last week. Exactly. Like you, you don't know, have to immediately if respond. You somebody can. flips you off in their car. You don't have to flip them off or cuss them back. You can just show patience and say, you know, sorry. Just yeah. it's part of it. You know. That's good. I, I think you guys have a really good point on, on what you would see. It's just when you're around other Christians who are, are full or believers, they try to practice what they're reading and, and what they preach. You can sense that they are. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would assume that they're guided by the Holy Spirit because that's what we are. I feel we are guided mm -hmm. by. Yeah. Okay. And, and that's a good point too, is and this is something to keep in mind. If you're around others, you should want to act like you have signs of the Holy Spirit because Lord forbid they know you are religious or Christian and you're acting detrimental. horrible we talked because about that's that just going to turn people away. It will. What kind of Christian are you if you don't follow practice what you preach? That's right. And we, okay. talked, we discussed that at length last week. Really good. Okay. Here's a good question. Tagging on to this. Will the Holy Spirit ever leave a believer? I've got will it leave you? If you're a believer, if you're a believer, I don't, I don't think so. Yes and no. Please expound on that. Okay, in the Old Testament, there's actually a few instances, a couple for sure, where it talks about Saul. When Saul just would not let up against David, the Lord removed the spirit from him. Was he working in accordance with God's will? He was going against God's will. There you go. When when um, Samson, did he come back to God? Yeah, and that's what I killed. was about to say. Does it leave you permanently, or is it? Are you just not responding? Well, Saul ends to up it dying. It's still there. Saul Can it? Up, Maybe we should rephrase yeah. that. Can it Can leave it? a believer? Yes. Oh, I believe it could uh, come back to you. nowadays. But you know, also Samson, the spirit left him. But nowadays, I'll be honest, and I see that. Got <laughs> <laughs> it. But I want to say this. I am a believer of this. I believe if somebody is full of the Spirit and has the love of God in them, I do not believe they will ever leave. Okay, that's good I know theory. people that fall away, and I hate to say it, but I would have to say, were they ever 
belong to God? Do they ever belong to God? Does the Holy Spirit then? Because when we say Holy Spirit, we're to, that's God. It's God. It's very. Clear. Does God ever leave you? Does He ever give up on you? No. The answer is no, emphatically to that. And there's only one unforgivable reason why He would. Yeah. And that is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Okay. The and Holy Spirit. We were going to get to that one. Uh, Sorry, I jumped. No, up. no, no. Uh, now's a great time to talk about I it. I don't have a lot of patience. We're going to talk. Well, <laughs> you're very passionate. Chris. I'm so mad I could spit. He's very passionate. He's very passionate about it. Pause. Let me cut pause. This. Uh, regroup. So we read. Uh, you want to read that verse for us? It's. I think it's in Matthew 12 and verses 31 to 32. All righty, one second. All right, go. All right, Matthew 12, 31 through 32. And so I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come. Okay. Who wants to start? What is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit? Okay, it's a couple things, actually. So in these chapters, depending on which one you read, from Mark 3, 28 to 29, to Matthew 12, 31 to 32, to Luke 12, 10, it's a couple different things. First is unbelief. Okay? First is unbelief. But the other one is something you can't do now. It's when Jesus was healing the sick, you know, through the Holy Ghost, They were the Pharisees were saying, oh, he, he healed him. Through Beelzebub, you know. And this is where he goes into a house divided. Yes. Cannot stand. Yes. So in this aspect, you can't do this anymore because Jesus is not around to heal anybody. Right. That was a direct yes. unbelief. But nowadays or, it is definitely unbelief. Now, I think it's important that you mention that, Jeremy, so that somebody reading this verse who might be new to the Bible are not confused. Mm-hmm. That, like you mentioned, we're no longer, we don't have the miraculous uh, outpouring of the Holy Spirit any longer. Will you define the unbelief part? Because there are a lot of people that come to Christ who weren't believers to start with. So may they be confused at the start that, uh, well, I was an unbeliever. How am I forgiven there? No, no. You can find forgiveness if you choose to believe. But as long as you stay in your unbelief, there is no forgiveness. As he said, the belief part. If you never believe the word of God ever, we, that's the first step. Belief. If you never believe, we're never going to come to God. Correct. No. So how could you possibly be saved? You can't be forgiven of yeah. that. And we can go to John three sixteen and just read on past where it normally does. Okay, John three sixteen. We're going to read down to verse twenty one. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil, for everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. Mm-hmm. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they have been done in God. 
So there you have it. Go so, ahead. So let me yeah. ask a question too, to, to kind of clarify this up, because it does speak about, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, or if I just this is something, but somebody that blasphemes against the Holy Spirit, um, he hardens their heart to where they won't repent or won't want there, to there repent. Is so yes. you get right. into Romans, First Romans, it gives into that how God turns them to where away. you don't even mm-hmm. acknowledge or, or there's no yeah. future. Yeah. It's blasphemous not to acknowledge. But it's not just God. an unbelief, and you become a believer. That doesn't. That does if not. You, if you start yeah. to believe, then you this is no longer an yeah. issue. It's over. Once it, you believe, you have to believe if I forgiveness. Then that's you start yeah. down the path, and you got it. Yeah. Okay. It's so, just those who refuse to ever acknowledge that God even exists. They'd rather dwell in darkness so in rather than light. In that, in that sense, they never received the Holy Spirit in the first place. No. No. That's my thought. I right. agree. That's the way. I okay, agree. that's the way that I read it because. We all know. I believe once you feel the Holy Spirit, your life is forever changed. Yeah. There's been people that fall away from the church and to God. And We've to all Jesus. fallen away. We have, but some even go more to deconstruct where they just come outright atheist. I think for a person to say, I've heard people say, I read my Bible every day. I went to church every Sunday and every Wednesday. And now I've come to realization that it, I was wrong and it don't exist. I don't believe that person's ever had the Holy Spirit in their life or Jesus in their life. No, if you ever have, like, I, I agree with you on that. Because you sit there and try to, like, understand where they're going through. If there's ever any doubt in your heart, then it, it's not there. Yeah. You can't have any single doubt no, and it, in and your we, heart. And we kind of talked about this when we did the atheist one. When you're talking with atheists, the first question you should ask is, if I could prove to you God was real, would you worship him right now? And if yeah. their answer is no, there's nothing you can do to ever change that person while I have the conversation. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jeff's professor. making faces. Yeah, Jeff's being Final a professor thoughts. right now. Chris, <laughs> on tonight's episode? No, and I keep, I, the only thing I go back to is, is I feel a lot... I feel a lot more empowered and strengthened to, to believe that the Holy Spirit dwells with us, that we were given this gift, um, that God does dwell either around or he's here to help. I mean, God's always here. God's presence is everywhere, but we have somebody that's on our behalf that when I pray, you know, with Jesus and everything intercedes, he makes sense of what I'm trying to say and, and uh, tries to get it towards God's will. He God's knows what plan. you need more than you know yes, how to ask. that he intercedes yeah. for me. Even I'm asking for like, oh, you know, can it not rain tomorrow? You know what I mean? Sometimes he intercedes by not giving you what you're Correct. praying for. Correct. Right. That, that the there's strength thing. in that. That there's a whole lot more comfort to know that somebody's looking out for me more than than what my limited view can yeah. be. So. I like how you use the word help because that's actually how Jesus referred to him in John 14, 26. The helper. He says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring your remembrance of all things I've said to you, which is how we got the gospel. <laughs> does it also help? And sorry, this is the last one. Doesn't the Holy Spirit, one of the gifts too, is it helps with understanding mm-hmm. the study of the of God's word? We hope. So it we intercedes hope. not only with God, but yeah. God's word to yourself. It's a it's if, a two way. It's you, a, if you pray, that's what that's what Solomon did too. Solomon prayed for wisdom of the scriptures and words. That way he could help his people. And that's yeah. why God grifted him to him. So I'm a firm believer that if you want wisdom of God's word and understanding, pray for it. I mean, you got to put you, in the work. You do. You, you can't do. just read it one time and think, oh, because it could be, because I know this, I've read it. And everybody looks at the Bible different and how they first read it. I've read parts and I'd be discussing them with people and they'd be like, I've never noticed that. And then somebody would read them 
to me, and I'd be like, oh, I never noticed that. So, yeah, you do have to put the work in and read the word. And I hope we did justice tonight, and, and this is a hard subject it's to a, tackle. It's a large topic. And you I hope this helps somebody. Oh, we could five. we could do yeah. definitely come back and revisit this subject again. And a lot I'll of be material. Happy to do it. Oh, yeah. But I think uh, summing up, Holy Spirit's God. Mm-hmm. And I think it's God working in us, through us. And around us. And around us. And, uh, you know, hey, this is the one that's coming out before Christmas. Uh, I think it's a good time of year to uh, be thankful for all of our blessings, to acknowledge Jesus Christ in our lives and the gifts that we receive through him. No, because this is a really tough time for, for a lot of people. It's, it, it can be. So the Holy Spirit, I believe, is here to help us with that. I do too. Yeah. God bless everybody. And thank the Lord that, you know, God sent the Son to save us all. Thank if it that, hadn't been for him, it wouldn't be absolutely. possible. So that's one reason, you know, I know a lot of people out here don't celebrate Christmas, and that's fine. You don't have to put up a tree to celebrate Christmas. You just no. celebrate Christmas every day and give glory to God and Jesus for his that's son. It. Yeah. Where can they find us, Jeremy? Apple Podcast, Spotify, Facebook for Cousins for Christ. Uh, we appreciate every one of you that listen every week. We appreciate every one of you that are following us on Facebook and comment. And we can't tell you, I really can't tell you how much it we inspires us. It does. It, it really, really makes it really me want to work harder. Um, and, and like I said, we get so much from this as well. It really does inspire us. And, and I hope, uh, we hope you get as much from it as we do. Yeah. We've done 22 podcasts at this point, And I'll be honest, my understanding is growing each week. For you know, every we week, that, I don't want to use the word force. Uh, we do it because we want to. <laughs> yeah. But well, that's I another opportunity every week. <laughs> <clears throat> Besides church on Sundays. I mean, we're opening our Bibles, you know. Uh, it's just another opportunity during the week to have a Bible study. And that's ironically what that came from. It a is, weekly Bible study that we started doing. And you've got so. your phone. Everybody's got a computer in their hand. It's the yeah. simplest thing to look up something to where, you know, if you hey, have a question on it, you're opening your Bible, you're, you're checking on your phone, you're, you're reading the Scripture, you're reading God's Word. These are good topics. And that's a good point you bring up. We all started this off of just a Bible study we'd have on Tuesday nights at the friend's house. And you can do this too. You don't have to have a church on Wednesday night or Sunday. Should I'm not you saying should. that. But if you want extra, <laughs> if you want extra, Get a friend to go to their house and pull your Bibles out and talk about what to study. The first lesson may be, hey, what do you want to study? And just start talking about it. It's un- it's unending. It's it's iron sharp. The topics iron. are endless. And uh, I can guarantee if you do it, you're going to feel better. Oh, yeah. Well, Chris, you want to lead us in a word of prayer? I do. I'm going to cut one right now. Cut a prayer. Right All right. <laughs> Dear Father in heaven, we thank you for this beautiful day that you've given us. We thank you for this time that you've given us to come here and, and open up our Bibles and, and talk about these subjects and things that we hope will help people. And, and we know that we, they've helped us. We pray to your Father and we thank you so much for the Holy Spirit that you have given us and, and helped us with. Without, without these gifts and without your Son, most especially coming and dying upon the cross so we may have eternal life someday, if we do and obey your will, we know that we can have a home with you in eternity. We pray to your Father and thank you so much for all the blessings that you've given us both spiritually and temporal. We pray, dear Father, that you will be with all those out there that are lost and those that are sick. Hold your hands over them and, and help them in ways, either bring them back to their normal walks in life and also help bring the lost to be saved. 
We pray, dear Father, you'll go with us to the rest of this week. God, guard, and direct us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.